Welcome to episode two of Synchronicity. I am your host, Chase Clarence Calloway, aka Tahuti Trismegistus, and this episode is going to be a little different. I'm saying that like I've established a norm, <laughs> lol, no. I'm saying this episode is different from the ones to come because it was actually meant to be a video. But I've realized that creating footage for it would take hella long. And the topic sets the stage perfectly for everything that we're going to be talking about in the rest of this podcast, which is specifically how spirits create life. So nothing is a coincidence. Everything that you see is intentional because it's all happening inside of and because of your spirit and the spirits that you are connected to. So this episode is a video where I'm covering how spiders are eight dimensional beings. And I didn't realize when I first made this like months ago that it was going to develop into me realizing more deeply uh, how, <laughs> how, <laughs> how, incredibly linked and how much of a mirror spider-man is for hermes and i didn't realize just how much um spider-man is riding the frequency of thoth and hermes by uniting with the spider uniting with the main animal that makes the symmetry connect which is spiders. Spiders are literally here building connections. They have eight legs. Their body looks like the way that I draw the figure eight in terms of the top of the eight being our fiery aloneness and then the bottom of the eight being our watery all oneness. And then you are the nine observing this infinite eight. So everything in the universe is happening infinitely because spirits are connecting their feeling of being together and their feeling of being alone. And you as a nine dimensional entity are always observing this infinite eight pool of life being created. So spiders are the physical, actual organisms that are the most in resonance and the most concerned with facilitating and creating connections that allow spirits to connect throughout time. So this is why Spider-Man is then used for the Spider-Verse, right? We know that movie, the Spider-Verse, even the comic books, the Spider-Verse, there's many Spider-Men out here. It's all about this energy that is um, being weaponized so that certain white supremacists can make money off of spirituality, right? <laughs> and I mean, the whole point is that we're just learning from life. So the fact that Spider-Man resonates as much as he does, the question is, what frequency what vibration is this energy riding that is able to capitalize upon what the spirits that have existed before it <clears throat> did? So enjoy this episode. The episode after this, we will get into the differences between hermeticism and simicism and the specificities in all that. And then from here on out, or just all 
of spirituality. Spiders are lit. Spiders create connections. Spiders are eight dimensional beings. This is why spiders are so integral to my Mercury simulation as Hermes Trismegistus and to the natural tree simulation that is the indigenous symmetry. I can't imagine a tree without spiders and webs. So before we get into this video, I'm also about to play this song that I just finished. It's called Sim of My Trees. So if you happen to be smoking or simmering trees right now, that in and of itself is a synchronicity and I love you. Peace. Cried, I simmer my trees, breathe in my leaves, balance my tree, triple my sea. My mind's been flying while my soul's been crying. I simmer my trees, breathe in my leaves, balance my tree, triple my sea. My soul's been crying while my mind's been flying so high. Through the astral plane, Merkaba brain. I built your game, we're not the same My soul's been crying while my mind's been fine too Relay a word, those who listen heard We make our vibe from deep inside My soul's been crying while my mind's been flying back Into my space, called away with haste So I'll fall with grace to thrill my chase My mind's been flying Water my earth, I know my worth My soul gives birth to all my work My mind's been flying while my soul's been crying So I can't connect with those you neglect Time to correct how we reflect My mind's been flying while my soul's been crying too Who flood the sea with energy from my energy on Take a trip and go abroad When you're brave, they will apply We get in touch with your true God I've been fighting I've been vibing When I'm dancing with demons Reversing curses and scheming They be fiending for reasons To change our sins like the season So I've been falling Cause y'all been calling My mind out of my spirit I feel it best when I'm near it But y'all cry for help and I hear it So Hermes flies out to stare it In a New healthy direction will grow through natural connections. So I simmer my trees, breathe in my leaves, balance my chi, triple my seed, level up like it's nothing to turn into something. The bus and the function bumping is pumping with all the wisdom I'm gushing. And when I simmer my trees, breathe in my leaves, balance my chi, triple my seed, I fell to inspire you. I simmer in the skies I triple in my chi Then I open up my eyes
Yo, 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 what is Gucci with you? You are tapping in to the root of the symmetry. I am your boy, Tehuti Trismegistus, and I am happy to be here to help us connect, communicate, and correlate all of our infinite individuality so we can get our spirituality popping off in this reality. Now, as a quote-unquote Native American, specifically a mix of the tribes Saponi and Catawba, my spirit clearly resonates deeply with nature and those who uphold natural law, so to speak. All the indigenous spiritual cultures that we've built throughout the times of Atlantis to Africa to the Mesoamericas were created with the awareness that we are all creating nature as a simulation which then allows us to connect with other infinite individuals like ourselves, like virtual reality. You know, you're a spirit, you're in your own space. And if you want to connect with others, then you have to virtually create a space that you can then project your consciousness into a body that you have then created in that space. And that is how we make nature. And that is how we get to connect with each other. This is why, unlike European Industrial Revolution societies, we actually respected the planet or simulation that we were creating in order to connect on. So luckily, your boy Chikatet came back to share all the true spiritual wisdom Europeans stole in order to enslave your mind, body, and spirit. So, first off, just know that the moment you believe everything is created by one god you are completely detached from the truth of life and your spirit's place in it everyone is a supreme god when they're alone but once we desire to connect with others we can't be in control of everything that's how fire becomes water us indigenous earth people know that life is created from water. It is the light white supremacist desire of fire to convince all these individuals that no matter what they do, they're part of some other individual who is deemed white people as worthy of destroying the nature black people have created. Because European societies, for the most part, are so egotistic and anti-spiritual They've used the whitewashed sacrifice of one spiritual individual in order to conquer, colonize, and convert multiple continents of naturally loving peoples who consistently welcomed them in and forgave them for enacting genocide upon them. Because perception is projection, the only way these pale-skinned Judeo-Christian peoples get away with said genocide, with using their love for God to build entire countries on worshiping and encouraging the brutal murder, grape, and enslavement of said indigenous peoples who are teaching them magic is by pushing the lie that the natives they're getting off on abusing are in fact the barbaric, violent, and demonic entities that they truly feel inside. So this is where with perception being projection, it's easy for someone who feels negative to see negativity in the world, 
even when it's obviously not there, they can then just conjure it up and make it the logical reason why they're doing evil things. Obviously, the only barbaric, violent, and demonic people are the ones constantly enacting genocide against the environment that allows us to connect with each other. And they're only exponentially more evil for weaponizing their perception of being spiritually superior to project their demonic qualities onto the creative gods who made them possible in the first place. So due to this constantly fueled Christian colonialism, most humans living underneath European ideas fear nature, and fear leads to hate. So, spiritually, Christian Judeo systems work to separate spirits from the fact that they are creating this world to connect with others. This is why Christianity and all associated systems are about making you connect with their individual and now everything that you do benefits them. Everything in your life is about them and they teach you what true love is. And now because you're only connected with this one individual, you are disconnected from not only yourself, but all individuals, which then leads to slavery and war as those spirits will destroy each other and their environment in order to further connect with whatever spirit has convinced them that they're going to go to heaven for doing whatever. Laws. <laughs> Logic. Now that you've tapped in to the root of the symmetry, it's important that you truly know that you are an infinite God when you are in your fiery alone realm, your imagination. But because you don't want to be alone anymore, you've created a body in a world where you can now communicate your infinite imagination with others. Now, although all of life communicates to exist, the point of bodies is to show how all of us as spirits do this in infinitely unique and different ways. So what can we learn about the spirits who create spider bodies? This is a video on specifically why spiders are eight-dimensional beings. Now, I'm going to have to rewind, of course, right here, because most people may not know what the eighth dimension actually is. Specifically, if we're just going to get into numbers to make it simple, because it's really important that we keep things simple. The spirit is simple. Logic is details. All demonic logic, all the infinite emotion, and then thus the infinite light that can come out of emotion and spirit's desires to create stories is only going to come from nothing. And that's where it's going to have these numbers because the numbers are the real architects of reality just in terms of us agreeing on how to block out the way our emotions move through space and how that looks and then really how we come together in quantity so this is very natural this is what i mean when i say that indigenous peoples upheld natural law they upheld the spirit they uphold consent they uphold the fact that we consensually build systems together so that we can ground our infinite nothingness so eight is time
Eight is the soul. Eight is infinite connection. This is why eight looks like an infinity symbol. One circle being the man, the other circle being the woman, in the middle being the center, the heart, the true point of life and creation. And that is the infinite connection. The soul, the eight, represents how a spirit marries, has sex, connects within itself. This is what eight is. That is your subconscious world. So when you feel, that is how you connect with yourself. That's how you bring your man and woman together internally. Time is what that looks like. This is why we do our best to block out time and then we create earth systems to truly ground how we all experience time together. But we're still going to have our own individual feelings and individual perceptions about how time is actually passing. Spiders, specifically the spirits that make spiders bodies, are very interested in upholding the natural laws of time. Those being how everything in the universe, all souls, are connected by the structures that they build. And this is really how spirits experience time passing. It's all based on their connection to the structures that they are already projecting their souls into, meaning that the original structure is the soul itself. Eight. So, spiders have eight legs to show how they connect all of time with the structures that they build, which really then means connecting all simulations, and they are then eight-dimensional beings in that infinite cosmic sense all souls are going to naturally be connected by the webs that spiders weave throughout space this is how time is a logical blocking out of feelings vibration every energy in existence is vibrating at a certain frequency aka everybody feels like their spirit all spirits are infinite individuals when they're alone, whether they feel like it or not. This is what dreams are. How does time work in your dreams? Clearly, it doesn't feel as linear or grounded because it's astral reality, not physical reality. Dreams are much more like circles. Life is much more like a line. Life is created by dreams. Life becomes the earth that solidifies the water. Life is a structure that solidifies the feeling that spirits create when they dream. In dreams, it's clear that time is much more watery and fluid than down here because it's much more individual to you. It is your soul. Your soul equals your soul individual feeling, your individual perspective on the universe everyone every imagination dreams one is your individual imagination your fire and two is your individual feelings about your imagination your water this is where the astral realm really lives spiritually everything in existence is happening at once 
because it's all nothing. Once a nothing feels like something, it's using an illusion it created to connect with itself. From here, it can decide to connect with others. This is how water is formed. Water is invisible. Air is water plus fire, which is also invisible, making air what water looks like in a sense. Water is the connection. Air is a communication of the imagination that inspired that connection. Earth is a structure, and one could say that spider webs are the physical structures which represent how we feel like creating connections that allow us to communicate our imaginations throughout space and throughout simulations. This is why spiders are eight-dimensional beings. They are the spirits who resonate with building structures that connect all life in the universe. It's no coincidence that Spider-Man is one of Earth's most beloved heroes Besides being based in an organism that most humans are conditioned to be deathly afraid of, spiritually, Spider-Man rides the frequency of the 8th dimension, time. Now you know why the Spider-Verse is so incredibly popular as a comic concept as well. If you're unaware, in a few sentences, the Spider-Verse is basically the idea that every simulation, every world, has an entity with spider-like abilities who serves as a guardian, a superhero. They all understand that with great power comes great responsibility, and they're all telepathically connected through this larger metaphysical structure maintained by this lady named Madam Webb. The main conflict in these stories comes from the spider people defending themselves against vampiric villains who travel through dimensions eating the spider totems in each world. They get stronger the more spider totems they consume. True vampires. They're bat entities that hunt down spiders through the webs that connect all of them in space. I bring this up to show how the Spider-Verse is Marvel's way of capitalizing on the supreme spiritual system spiders love to maintain and then weaponizing the idea of consuming that system like a vampire and then making money off of it which is actually boom the actual consumption of truly doing it here we are it's clear that this frequency is so strong that even spirits who unconsciously resonate with how everything that is communicating is connected by the web is their soul will see themselves reflected in this character this is also where we get the concept of Indra's web. Indra's web, or the jewel net of Indra, is a Buddhist idea that all of reality is interconnected in some way or another. Now, I mean, there's a lot of interpretations of Indra's web. To make it simple, cosmically, the story in reference is about how this Vedic god named Indra has a realm where he contains a vast net that stretches infinitely in all directions. In each eye, intersecting points of the net is a singular, brilliantly shining jewel. Every single jewel is reflecting the light of another, making these infinite number of jewels infinitely connected 
not only through the structure they're woven into, but the light they're refracting in through one another as well. Indra's web hangs over his place on Mount Miru, which is the sacred fire-peaked mountain of Hindi Buddhism cosmology located at the center of all physical, metaphysical, and spiritual universes. This basically makes Lord Indra the Buddha's Spider-Man. He can see how everything is connected from the center of his spider web. Any god from any other realm can send a vibration down the line and call for assistance or just send some sort of message. The metaphysical point that the Buddhists are making here is that everything in existence, everything we can see in the sea of the universe is connected by a web, a web that is created by spiders. Indra's web represents the natural structure of the eighth dimension. That eighth dimension being your infinitely individual and invisible perspective on the universe. This is what a web represents. You are the ultimate center point of every experience you will have in any realm or reality. As the sole individual, every body or jewel you weave in your web to represent your spirit is a reflection of one another, mainly you. Thus, any jewels or bodies interwoven into separate webs which yours comes into contact with are reflecting the same light as you or me. So, no matter how far apart two jewels seem to be from each other, the fact that they can observe each other means that they're bouncing the same light back at each other in order to make their structures so shiny and brilliant. This is what it's like to look out into the night sky and see all those countless shining dots that we call stars. Metaphysically, anything you can see is what is creating a structure to reflect light based on how it's communicating its imagination and desires. This is how any star or body of water is created in the observable universe and hence why everything we can see is connected by chi. Chi is the three, the sea. In English, chi literally translates into air and figuratively translates into material energy, life force, or energy flow. Basically, all simulations and thus the bodies inside of those simulations are animated by this chi air. Chi is three because chi is one plus two. And actually, hold up. Um, we're going to go back. Chi air is chair. I don't know why I didn't even make that connection. Uh, but that's pretty wild just considering the point of chi is to ground how free the spirit is. So it is the externalization of spirit, which inherently makes it a chair for the spirit. The spirit is naturally flying, but when we want to sit down and communicate, you sit in chi air. So that's chi and air. That's wild. All right. So chi is three because chi is one plus two. One being imagination, two being feeling. Both our imaginations and feelings are unseen, internal. Then, through combining them 
we make them external. This is why communication is so great. It allows our spirits to actually take the internal and bring it to the external so we can connect with other spirits who may have the same internal that we do. This is why communication is balance, yet the externalization of spirit. It is a spirit fulfilling the desire of communicating its imagination to someone else, whatever that may be. This is just art. It is the practice of bringing the unseen into the scene, the dark into the light, the water into the earth. The earth, the logical structures of detailed light which spirits use to communicate, are also external. This is how the two internal elements, fire and water, plus the two external elements, air and earth, all suspended inside of spirit space, create the five-cycle reality in which we play, infinitely, forever. So, anything you can see is animated by chi. And if you're going to perceive chi, you must project chi. Perception is projection, after all. Therefore, anything you can see is connected by you. If you can't see it, either it's disconnected from you, or you're disconnected from it. This brings us to the law of vibration, one of our most fundamental principles in the universe which is that everything moves. Every single thing is vibrating at a certain frequency. If it exists, it's vibrating at a certain frequency based on the space creating it. Qi would be the fundamental material energy that vibrates the earth we create to ground our spirits. And right there, energy already sounds like inner chi because it is inner chi. It's all chi. Chi is the externalization of spirit. Chi is what the imagination looks like. And chi is the bridge between water and earth. Air. Chi air is what the spirit sits in. So it can build a structure with other spirits. And that takes communication. So your body is vibrating based on the frequency with which your spirit combines its man and woman, its thoughts and feelings, its yang and yin, aka how you have sex within your own space. Sex is six. Six being the number which represents a fully balanced creation. This is why three plus three equals six, yet three looks like half and eight so to say. This is because the soul is inherently a balance of two whole expressions of one zero. Hence, the two circles being used to express one circle, which then results in the body chi child circle we inhabit as creatures of this wet blue orb we call earth. Geometrically, a simple depiction is this. I've just drawn up right here real quick. Judge it. Judge it's hard. <laughs> I know that it is uh, probably not as good as what you could come up with with your imagination because you are such an infinite God. And here we are in finite reality. Isn't it wild? 
how the moment we can see something, we can instantly imagine something better. For example, even being in these bodies, we can imagine better ways that we would design a body if we were alone. So the fact that we can do that shows that we are infinite individuals when we're alone. There's just something keeping us here that makes us want to communicate our imagination here instead of doing that alone and enjoying it alone. With so many varieties of bodies on planet Earth, there's clearly a lot we can learn from the qualities and characteristics. All these different organisms shine in our natural self-expression then when they are alone, when they are naturally spiritual individuals. You're not going to take on a body that doesn't resonate with you. But this video is about spiders, man. Because spiders are time weavers, straight up. If you're a spirit that has taken on a spider body in this dimension, it's because you're especially interested in creating structures that connect universes, allowing for the communication which powers and vibrates all things. This is what it means to be an eight-dimensional being, to build the structures which connect all the souls that are creating all the waters in the universe to infinity and beyond. <laughs> to me, spiders are clearly eight-dimensional beings in their structure alone. So, since you're tapping into the root of the symmetry, I'd like to give you a look at the anatomy of an arachnid. Doing this will teach us a lot about how their bodies physically mimic the metaphysical structure of the soul, and thus how all souls operate when creating life together. First off, let's take a look at the number eight. Let's listen to the number eight. 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 Late. Great. Fate. State. Plate. Mate. Hate. So many words to rhyme with eight, my guy. Clearly, it's quite a frequent vibration. So let's take a look at the geometry of eight before we get lost in the details of this language. Eight looks like two circles on top of each other. It also looks like the infinity symbol flipped vertically, which is no coincidence. Eight and infinity are closely linked, as we've already covered, considering eight represents the soul, and the soul is infinite. This is why the eight and infinity are basically symbolized by two circles joining together. One circle is the whole masculine side of the spirit, and the other circle is the whole feminine side of the spirit. They come together to generate an infinitely individual and invisible perspective on the universe. This is a soul soul. One circle is that individual spirit's alone realm, and the other circle is that individual spirit's all one realm. Right here, we can see the architecture of the arachnid. The highest vibration is freedom, and the most infinite imagination is no imagination at all. <sighs> this is what nothingness is. True bliss. True detachment.
This is why we fast over here with Tahuti, straight up. True freedom is to be attached to nothing at all, right? If you're going to attach to anything, attach to your spirit, no thing. That is the infinite, your individual section of the all. Can somebody tell me how many times you can divide up infinity until it's finite? Huh? What's a fraction? Someone please like, what's the, what's the smallest fraction of, a, of infinity? No. Oh, snap. That's right. That's impossible. The spirit is infinite. So no matter how small or big you go, it will be all there is because everything you see must come out of no thing one way or another. Everything exists within zero. This is why zero is a circle. A circle is the closest possible shape we have to explain what spirit looks like, really what it moves like, which then creates its body, hence why all rhythms, all mappings of vibration are cyclical. Chi is cyclical, hence Bakwa and Tai Chi being all about the circle. So the highest feeling in the universe is no feeling at all. Complete infinite freedom of being, true spirit, is detachment. The desire to express one's infinite individuality becomes the catalyst for creation in all realms and realities. This is what the emotion called love really comes down to. The desire to express one's individuality. Anytime someone claims to love something they can see, it's always because it's fulfilling an unseen desire of theirs. Anytime someone then claims to hate something they can see, it's thus because it's creating more desire inside of them instead of fulfilling it. This is where we get the whole vibe of religious people violently oppressing and hindering other spirits' freedom of expression time and time again. It's because those religious spirits see things in the environment that create desire inside of themselves and they hate that a lot <laughs> because desire separates the body from spirit and they don't want to take responsibility for their own body <sighs> for whatever reason so this becomes why many cultures of religious men force the women to cover up their bodies and thus the natural expression of their spirits because these religious men are so mentally weak they feel fearful and utterly powerless in the face of a beautiful woman with bodacious buns because these religious men hate their internal women their internal feelings they project that hate onto women in their external environment because they perceive them as creating desires inside of themselves that they cannot control. This, my friends, is why love and hate are two sides of the same coin that power all of life. Desire. Defire. Desire is the best word to describe the raw, pure emotion that all life is created from. Love is the positive side of desire. Hate is the negative side of desire.
We love things that support our freedom of expression and hate things that hinder our freedom of expression. This desire, this defire, this defire of desire, this is the alone realm, the masculine side of the soul. On the spider, this is the head, or the cephalorax. Here, most spiders have 8 to 12 eyes. Some have none, but almost all of them have 8 legs, plus two little mini legs called pedipalps, which allow them to weave their webs. <laughs> Look at them, bro. Like, <laughs> this is very cute and creepy, but what special creepers they are. <laughs> creatures, creeper creatures. Wonderful. With a general standard of eight eyes and eight legs, bro, look at those petty palps. Wow, that's fire. All right, hey, I love spiders. It seems to be clear that the eight-dimensional essence is innate in the structure of a spider's body, honestly. Is it then a coincidence that spiders widely have eight eyes, or is it because they are designed to quote-unquote see over the eight dimensions with which they are tasked creating and protecting. Well, life surely isn't black and white, but we can learn a lot about the nature of eyes and their relation to the fiery alone realm in the anatomy of our arachnid. So, the head, the cephalorax, of a spider correlates to the frequency of the soul. This is the origin and main operating brain space of consciousness because nothingness creates fire to express its desire to live. This is why your fire, your visions are invisible. It's also important to note that live is the ego and love is the spirit. So this is how nothingness is true love. And when you live in love, you're living from a spiritual space because you are in the ego. So live with the I. Notice how it's a one, whereas love is an O or really a zero. All right. So zero and one. Spirit finds a way for language. We're speaking it because it resonates. It doesn't matter what you see. No one else can see it but you. No one else perceives life the same way you do because no one has your fire. No one has your perception because your awareness is your projection. You can only see what you want to see. This is why you can show someone proof that they believe in a lie. But if they don't want to see that proof, then they're not going to perceive that proof, my guy. If you try to force them to perceive it, their fire of desire to stay comfortable in the way they live will start to blaze higher and higher, and they may get so angry that they leave, attack you, destroy your proof, or burn the environment in whatever way necessary to keep their spirit ego comfortable. Your visions are your passions. And although no one can see them but yourself, they make you hot, don't they? Your invisible dreams and visions motivate you to want to make them visible, don't they? 
Yeah, you know, aren't your dreams? Your don't your dreams make you a little steamy? If you don't have passions that make you passionate, hmm. I think there's some meditating to do. I would suggest fasting, high key. This is how the spirit uses fire to create life. I don't know how you would be creating life if you're not passionate about your dreams and it doesn't make you steamy. This is what it means to be steamy. It means that your fire is hitting your water and now that air is communicating. This is how we make life. This is why your imagination is also always alone because it is fire. It can't actually touch water. It's too hot and unique to be a part of anything else. So uh, with quantum physics, right? Everything is suspended in space. Nothing can touch. We only feel like things touch. Boom. It's right there. We have space. We have the feeling like things are touching. And then we have the thing that we think that we're touching, a.k.a. light, darkness and spirit. Consciousness, subconsciousness and unconsciousness. But back to the imagination. This is what an eye is all about when we think about dreams and imaginations. It is about perceiving its own projection. Hence, why you can only see your imagination until you decide to communicate it for others to. And even then, no one can actually see what you see. Physically, eyes can only perceive light that matches the frequency of its own projected light body in all realms and realities. Therefore, the eyes that are created because a spirit desires to see its imagination, which no one else can see until it communicates it, are multidimensional. And really, everything would be an eye at this point. Communication and creation are then being the same thing cosmically. Hence, art, air, boom, externalization of spirit. We've got life, baby. Welcome to the symmetry. Now that we have a greater understanding as to why the conscious awareness in animals mainly correlates to the brain to which their eyes are attached, let's drop down from the dom to the sub, from the frequency to the vibration, from the fiery alone realm into the watery all one realm, AKA the cosmic womb of feminine creation. On the spider, this is the abdomen, where most of its organs are located. The all one realm is created by spirits who want to connect with other spirits, by spirits who don't want to be alone in their imaginations anymore. So they cool their fire down into water. They start reflecting instead of projecting. This reflection collectively creates the body of water that subconsciously connects all the spirits who desire to create life together. Once all these spirits are connected by their deep dark blackness, they can bring their vividly hot imaginations in contact with their watery feelings to connect to others to create air, chi. This chi air is the main essence of communication. 
which is what all the organ structures that are solidified from the chi must do constantly in order for the whole body to operate properly. I mean constantly. There's not one point in your body, in the body of a spider, where your organs are not communicating with each other to keep the structure functioning. If your body stops communicating inside of yourself, then you're not communicating with us, aka you're dead. This is how we can see that communication at its core is the chi from which the structures in both our bodies and a spotter's body then solidify to stabilize the way that the spider desires to communicate inside of itself. This is how we form all of our organs. Physically, this looks like how the organs interact inside of the organism. Spiritually, it shows that all simulations are created by a multitude of spirits communicating their imaginations and feelings through interconnected structures. Inside the abdomen of the spider, we have the entire digestive system, which is already a lot of intricate and interconnected tubes and stuff. We've got the lungs, allowing it to stay connected and inspired to the realm it chose to be in. We've got the reproductive system, allowing it to create life and multiply. We've got the silk glands, allowing it to create the very soul structures we're talking about here. And, of course, the heart and major blood vessels are nestled right in the watery abdomen. See, the heart is the main brain in all realms and realities. The head brain that is attached to our eyes shows our desire to express our individuality in life. But as we know, desire kills life when it's lost in its own ideas. This is why we consciously operate and observe from our higher head brain. It spiritually reflects our desire to go from being no thing to being alone. This is why the eyes and left head brain correlate to the fiery frequency that is the masculine and dominant side of your spirit. But because life is not possible when we are always in control, we have the balance, which is our body brain or gut brain. You know those times where you felt like you should listen to your gut? Most spirits and bodies who don't listen to their gut almost always end up regretting it later. Even if the feeling you do get in your gut contradicts what you consciously desire to do, you'll find that you'll be much happier in the long run if you listen to your gut brain in that moment instead of your conscious desires. I'm sure we could throw examples of this playing out in life for years and years and years and years and years. Whether it's a situation whether you want to steal from a store, but your gut hits you with a feeling that you shouldn't, or you want to bust in that girl raw, but your gut tells you no, because it's important for the overall freedom of your spirit that you listen to those gut feelings when you're chasing your dreams, so to speak because they're your body using emotions to communicate with your subconscious in a way that it can't with your consciousness. And once it communicates with your subconscious, because that is creating your conscious, hopefully your conscious, if it meditates, will perceive it.
So the gut brain correlates to the watery vibration that is the feminine and subordinate side of your spirit, the demon to the desire. Your feelings are there to serve the intention of your spirit, ideally. So even when you don't want to hear what your loud ass feelings have to say about your dreams, not listening to those nagging bitchy feelings may very well result in an early death of your spirit's body. This is how darkness fuels the light. If you don't listen to emotions, all of them, because they're all valid and use them to fuel your dreams then you're not actually going to be able to build or live a sustainable life at all. This is doubly why mastering your feelings and making them your loyal, subordinate bitch, aka female dog, is incredibly important to actually bringing your spirit's invisible visions to manifest to this visible earth. That way, you're not drowning in a storm of your own making. You can keep your vibe high and walk on water like Jesus as a true spiritual individual. See, emotions are too chaotic to be creative on their own. Without an intention to direct its infinite emotional fluid into, it will stay as no thing. This is why men and women, thoughts and feelings, fire and water, need each other in order to create and communicate anything. Hence, why the heart is the main brain. The heart is where the magic truly happens. The heart, universally, can be called the hearth, just add an extra H on the end, because it's where the heat is made. By the way, H is the eighth letter in the alphabet. H eight hate great eight eight h eight hate great yeah the spirit finds a way regardless the heart the hearth is where heat is made for it's where life is made right here where the alone realm and the all one realm meet temperature is just the meeting of two different stars this is how a soul creates its own temperature it unites two stars so to speak these stars being lights the light that represents itself when it's alone and the light that represents itself when it's all one this is the true source of any and all creations energy inner chi generated from the inner g how does the heart constantly pump the blood your body needs to live Science definitely can't give you a true answer if they're still focused on the Luciferian white supremacist agenda of making you lost in whatever logic they have. If it's not as simple as because your spirit feels like animating the body that it made, then it's lostness. Literally, your heart is proof that you can create energy from the vibration, from the intention, from nothing. Your heart is the energy which is constantly vibrating with the intention your spirit has to experience its nothingness in this body.
This is the spiritual reason why the heart is the main brain, the true seat of the soul. Why isn't our awareness in our hearts? Why aren't our eyes attached to our hearts? Well, one, everything is an eye, as I did say earlier, something simultaneously projecting and receiving. Chakras and organs are all eyes. Of course, we're not so consciously aware of what we see because we desire to be aware of the images we're creating to express ourselves, hence lost in light. This is why we operate from the head brain, as do spiders. We aspire to create life and control the life inside of our body to create life outside of our body in a more conscious way. This is what all spirits and bodies are doing on some level. Spiders are special, as we're discovering, because their bodies are created by spirits who deeply resonate with creating the structures that connect all realms and realities. These web structures are the metallic earth meant to stabilize the way watery souls communicate with each other. This then logically turns into our concept of time. We can learn more about how the masculine fire desires to have control over life in the anatomy of our soulful spiders when we take note of where the nervous system is located. Here, we can see that the control center of the spider correlates much more to the alone realm, which then extends to the legs of the spider being attached to the cephalothorax instead of the abdomen. It's all about control. Specifically, controlling the way its internal body communicates with external bodies. Now, here's the thing. When we know that the heart is the first organ communicated to the external world, it's important to know that the legs are thus an extension of this heart's desire to connect and communicate with its environment. This is why, if we simply draw a figure eight spider, it seems much more natural to have the legs extending from the middle versus the top, you feel me? But let me not project. Which looks more natural to you? What's funny is that the legs coming from the middle looks more friendly and inviting to me, whereas the legs coming from the top looks much more sinister and intimidating. It's kind of like this difference of leg placement alone communicates the desires of this body. The left one is balanced in the control that it desires whereas the other is much more masculine in its desire to control. And definitely, like, it looks cooler. I would use it for the back design of a Spider-Man costume, for sure. Uh, the one on the left would be a Spider-Boy costume, like, li literally. Uh, the spider on the left looks like Spider-Boy. The spider on the right looks like Spider-Man. And then, honestly, let's bring in the legs on the bottom. Now, that's, would that not be Spider-Woman? It's kind of interesting. Hmm. How do you feel about the spider with the legs at the bottom? For physical reality, it completely makes sense that the spider would go for a more fiery and conscious setup for its legs. Anatomically, the spider desires to use its legs hyper-consciously, 
because creating these intricate web structures is deep Virgoian work. This is where the abdomen, its watery all-one gut realm, functions to serve this spider desire by actually producing the very silk it needs to create its structure. The spider's conscious mind is not constantly focusing on internally synthesizing the silk it needs. That's the job of the subconscious mind. The conscious mind's job is to use its nervous system to activate its spinnerets and start pulling the strands of silk out of its bum. Here, we have the full manifestation of how spirit turns to fire, turns to water, turns to air, turns to earth, turns to metal even, if we consider the web as such. To clarify, the spirit is formless, individual, and truly infinite. It is no thing in particular. It is unimaginable infinity, truly. Fire, then, is the imagination of that individual spirit. The moment we use our infinite nothingness to create a vision that we feel expresses our individuality, we've transitioned from no thing into fire, from spirit into ego. Hence, why your ego is only concerned with achieving its dreams and fulfilling its own desires. This is why spiders, humans, and most animals consciously operate from the higher brain they have eyes attached to. Spiritually, that spirit mainly made a body with eyes so it can look at itself, aka make its visions reality in whatever realm it's in. From here, because life is not created inside pure desire, the fire must balance and cool itself down from a frequency into a vibration. To do this, the spirit must create an equally opposite and harmonious flame to balance out all the desires and intentions of the first flame. This is where we get the creation of the soul, the mind, and the spirit's infinitely individual perspective, intention and feeling, heaven and hell. The fiery heaven is what our spirits want to see, and the watery hell is what our spirits don't want to see. Anytime you meet someone who is scared of darkness, it's because they're scared of their individual emotions about their individual ideas. Fire is to be alone. Water is to be all one. Meaning that life is not created in fire, but water. Life is not created in aloneness, but all oneness. Life is not created in individuality, but collectivism. So any fire desires you have represent your individuality and all your watery emotions about that represent how you collect and connect your imagination with yourself and others. Considering all higher thoughts are only created out of focusing on one emotion, this is why the spirit and thus all of reality is naturally dual in this way. The interplay between the visible and invisible all meant to express nothingness. 
Everything in existence vibrates because everything is energetically motional. Once a spirit combines its fire and water, its imagination and feelings, it creates air, which results in the chi communication that vibrates all earth in existence. Earth being each spirit's individual perspective on how they desire to communicate with the universe, aka the body they create. The bodies of spiders literally create metal beyond earth. See, all organisms use their fire brain to consume life, which they then use their water brain to connect the nutrients to their body, allowing for continued chi-air communication, while the food is converted into earth, aka manure, or poo, or caca, or shysta. See how the universal spirit animates its natural processes through its creations? It's pretty cool. Now, because spiders are tasked with building the structures that connect all souls through space and time, they don't just poop out earth like the rest of us. Their vision is so hot, it allows them to turn their special silky water fluids into solid and then metallic string metallic string that is so durable it's five times stronger than the standard steel metal created through the industrial revolution to this day industrialists and scientists have been steady obsessed with using their artificial intelligence to mimic the spider's natural intelligence we can literally see their industrial desire for creating artificial spider silk and the world's favorite wall crawler, Spidey Man. According to many sources online, numerous scientific circles have created their own versions of synthetic spider silk, all with different innovative intentions, such as protecting oneself from weapons, because that's literally all the colonial military complex cares about, killing and consuming nature so that they can create better technology to kill and consume more nature. It's so limiting, but hey, they clearly have their intentions figured out. Colonize the sea, and they need to mimic nature to do it. Hence, why in Marvel Comics, Captain America's prized defensive weapon is made out of stolen African metal. Clearly, Everything that makes Captain America a war symbol meant to inspire the world, his whole iconic shield that everyone seems to worship, was literally created from colonizing and stealing vibranium from Wakanda. It's literally like Marvel has to say that everything which makes America great was stolen from Africa and given a whitewashing paint job. Um, but hey, the truth resonates. The truth makes money. Clearly, nature's intelligent design is only possible because all these infinite individuals agreeing to connect their imaginations in a grounded way, allowing us to communicate with each other in ways that we never could if we only ever projected our individuality at each other. As spirits, we create nature as the arena where it's possible for us to be alone together 
and thus project our individuality at each other. This is what it means to get fiery and wage war. War, from a fiery place, will result in death. Fire turns earth into metal, which is then used to separate earth from water, aka bodies from souls. This is why metal is quite rare and really only gets created when a spirit consciously uses its imagination to convert a structure that benefits the collective into a structure that benefits solely itself. That's what it means to use fire to turn earth into metal. Wood is the element created from combining water and earth. Spiders are super special because metaphysically, they're creating metal to connect to life, not separate it. Physically, yes, their webs totally serve as a way to catch and eat bugs because the spider's got to eat, okay? Hey, look, that's just how it be. Keeping souls connected through time and space, that's, that's deep work. You can't really just be doing that and not expect to not be smashing on some critters. Even deeper than that, though, it could be argued that the spider is smashing on those critters, that the spider using its web to catch bugs in order to separate souls from bodies is actually not separating souls from bodies. Spiders using their nets to catch and eat bugs could actually be a huge part of keeping souls connected to their bodies, despite what it looks like when they do eat a bug. Spiders are overall predators, for sure. They consume prey like ants, roaches, flies, moths, and yes, those horribly holistic demons that we call mosquitoes. <sighs> I really do hate insects, like, so much, honestly, truthfully. I love nature, but I hate insects <laughs> with a fiery passion. I, I truly, I, I cannot deny that. Um, if I could just have all of nature with no little critters and be outside and just live outside all the time, like, that would be it. <laughs> That'd be it for me. I'd be down. But and it's truly, it's not personal. I definitely love insects for who they are. I love them for the role they play in Infinity. But I just hate the way that I feel around them. Now, okay, this is where hate makes us great. So personally, you know, I could communicate inside of myself to build an aura to repel bugs. And I'm working on that. In general, though, bugs are pretty whack and most people in my life also don't like bugs and humans in general don't like bugs because biologically bugs won't leave us alone um even though we're also the invaders so that's just how it is in nature or luckily though we're not in nature we're man we're way higher than nature of course that's why we live in structures that repel the things we hate like bugs humans hate bugs so much and i'm sure you like me when you would see one in your house you would kill it and that's what i was on growing up 100 percent um even now like i'm not ever gonna go out of my way to kill a bug if i see one out in nature never ever no that's wild but if you are inside of my structure then 
you're about to have to get liberated from your puny existence. <laughs> but if I see a spider, and even growing up when I was younger, if I ever saw a spider, like even when I'm like five, if there's like any kind of other bug, I would kill that thing. A spider though, I would truly ponder. I'd look upon it. I would pontificate. Whether this was an arachnid here to help me or hinder me. And since I love Spider-Man so much as well, uh, it really did feel like I was actually supposed to connect with spiders in a deeper way. And usually I would let them live after communicating with it, literally. I would communicate with bugs, just not the same way as spiders. And logically, the reason was always, you're going to be protecting us from the real pests. So, shout out to you, bro. And that spider would be like, thanks, bro. I got to eat, bro. Absolutely. See, spiders are essential for keeping the insect world, and thus the human world, in a natural equilibrium. Spiders eat any and all insects, including themselves. Meaning, uh, they give no flips about uh, true ego. Like, they're not egotistic at all. They are just about the balance. If things get territorial, they will eat themselves. This definitely looks gruesome, but on a natural universal perspective, this is spiders really keeping their own population in check, as well as other insects. That's how much they care about you. Truly noble. Gotta respect the balance. Not only do spiders eat bugs in order to benefit the larger animal population, but the plant life as well. Because spiders eat predators of plants like aphids, mites, weevils, caterpillars, leaf miners, which are the ravenously hungry larvae of moth, beetle, and other various things, and many, many other insects as well, plants can actually flourish in a way that then allows mammals, like humans, to flourish. Without plants, we wouldn't have the oxygen, the air, the atmosphere that's possible for us to breathe and thus stay connected to the simulation. So, truly, genuinely, deeply from all sides of my heart, <laughs> just the straight bottom, the straight top, everything in between, shout out spiders. Because if they were not creating the structures to connect all souls in the universe, then they wouldn't be able to protect the plants that allow our souls to connect in this reality. It's pretty trippy. About as trippy as a beautiful design spiders be weaving every day, every hour, every minute, every second. Whoa. Second being second because what came first? The feeling. You. This has been your friendly neighborhood symmetry, also known as Tehuti Trismegistus. I hope this video has generated a greater awareness and appreciation, not only for the important role that spiders play in connecting souls through space, thus creating time, but also for maintaining natural balance with their eight-dimensional responsibilities. Infinite power with all those responsibilities. Truly the lessons of a spider. Main. Gang, gang.